Hey, everybody, it's Ray. This week, we're enjoying the holidays with our family and friends. Please enjoy the previously aired episode and look forward to all new episodes with Jim and I coming in 2012. Wishing you and yours happy holidays, and thank you. You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer. Okay, welcome podcasters. Here we are on our third since our new, I think this is our third. Um, We're working on uh, the practices that we can get from all the traditions and Western psychology and um, Eastern Oriental religions, all those people. And kind of I'm making like a little soup here that Ray and I will cook. The the practices... uh, that help us build a bridge from nature one to nature two. So remember, nature one is all of our first given birth. That's all our conditioning. Um, that whatever our parents happen to be, where we're born, what culture, that's, uh, that's kind of the first animal part. Now eventually uh, the mind develops and we move into what's called a human being and um, um, but it's, it's mostly external, to do with actions in the world. It has a lot of, to do with power and greed and ego. And it's not, not that anything's wrong with it, but it's not the, what I'm saying is not the only nature, and we need to see if we can have a connection. So, in our search for the higher level of consciousness, 
We need to find the tools. We can't go right in there. We're not particularly made for it. In other words, it's, it's not that it'll just occur to us and we'll do it. It may never occur to us because it can't be mechanical. Um, that's an important part of it. So this bridge between our lower nature, lower just because it's conditioned, state of being, habits, mental associations, automatic emotional reactivities is the biggest part. Um, and in that sense, if we're centerless, we don't have a, um, there's nobody in charge uh, from the part that we're talking, trying to get to part two. Uh, so we need to get somebody in charge. Um, and, and to do that, what we get mostly from our Buddhist talks we've been talking about, the most important point that I've been trying to make is our own um, is the importance of our own physical body, to own our own physical body. Now, when you remember when you slump, you will lose yourself. Your mind will be wandering somewhere. Your mind will go somewhere. Um, you'll not be in contact with your body, and you'll get lost. So Ray and I know that, that. So see if our podcast, the audience wants us to join in that way. Um, to own our own body means to be able to be here, to be present, and to see the difference when you're beginning to slump, when you're beginning to wander away. So you must be right here, right now. That's the main thing we're getting from Buddhism. Things should be in the right place. We should be ready to go. Um, and have an awareness of my being here, right now in this room. Okay, so that's, that's, that's the part. We always start with that. We try to check ourselves in life. Uh, we always say if you go into a dentist's office, instead of reading a magazine... You kind of watch your posture. Posture is very big in the Zen world. Um, when you're really aligned, you bring, you bring in another awareness. So as you sit there waiting, you're kind of really aware of wanting some kind of contact with your body. Okay. Now, we are conditioned from early childhood to deep-rooted programs living from cause to effect in an unbroken chain of impulses, thoughts, feelings, images, attitudes, opinions. One desire replaces another desire, and all this I called the almost a tornado activity of, of, um, of the personality. And we call this our real self and our real life. But that's what we want to call in question. Is it our real self in real life? Instead of what is um, it really, what would really be to wake up? What the, of course, we hear this term all the time. What would it be, uh, particularly from the Eastern world, the difference between the first nature could be sound asleep, but you know, taking care of its own first nature and material. Um, but isn't and, the first nature asleep, period? Well, it's it's a it's a sleep. No, um, it's a it's a sleep uh, to the second possibility. Mm. It may be very good at its own level. It may be. Remember the word we used a week or two ago, conscientious. Um, 
first place, you can't go from one to the other unless that conscientiousness is, is there. Um, um, yeah, we're going to get back to that in, in just a moment. So we have the individual kind of in this half-sleep and working on what we do have, the attributes we do have. Um, and, and as far as the general society, we call, that's called like a mass hypnosis. <laughs> um, the individual's got his own little sleep, and the society has its mass hypnosis. So you can see every day with the paper and you know, all the things that are going on in the outside world. So to even begin to unite these natures, a term used in, I think, Buddhism is good householder. Responsible, conscientious, to be a bridge builder. Think if you like had a creek and had the material and the material, and you want to pick people that could help build the bridge. Now think of this crew on the beach. You see one guy, he's kind of lounging and he's smoking his cigarette and um, uh, he's like half falling asleep. He's complaining. He really wants to be somewhere else. Um, uh, we see somebody else in some disheveled way. You know, to build that bridge, you would really look for someone who seems to be ready, is, is attentive, is looking, is listening, ready to build a bridge. And that's what I'm calling the good householder. Um, the Zen people call it basic sanity. Just basic. You don't have to be extraordinary. Basic sanity. And conscientious also. That's a, so it's important right from the beginning to understand what these talks. Um, that a mechanical evolution is possible, is not possible from a disordered person in disorder or unaligned. So that, that, that one's worth saying again. Uh, there's no mechanical evolution, I didn't say it right, uh, possible as long as one's in a certain state. So it's, we have to first come in contact with that state. Mechanical evolution is possible, um, and I'm still not saying that, um, the, ev uh, the evolution of potential higher consciousness uh, cannot come from unconsciousness, hmm. not mechanical unconsciousness. The possibility we're talking about can't come from unconscious sleep being. That's, that's the idea of it. Um, it's like showing up at the construction site with uh, thongs. <laughs> right. Right, you have, a lot, you have a lot of, this is an area you have a lot of experience in over the years with crew and people you'll work with, what? Well, sooner or later, you, well, at that level, at the, at the first nature, you figure it out that you don't want to, um, you can't handhold and you can't, you know, you're always thinking of it economically, like who's going to give me the best for the cheapest? And then you finally figure out you get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so there's certain th guys, you know, throughout, the history of me in you know construction you just don't use anymore mm -hmm. you erase them from your phone and it's it's amazing how much lighter that can make you and open to other things because you know it occupies a lot of your time when you got to run around or 
you know, figure guys out, and then, yeah. but then you get used to it. You 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 see it right away because you see it in your own self, and then you can, you know, after speaking to someone for a couple of minutes, you realize like, okay, now, or yep, this guy's good, mm-hmm. you know, and you and then it gets and it gets much much cleaner, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get results and you get your productivity and everything else, but it takes a while. It takes figuring out it's you know it's multi-level mm-hmm. it takes a long time to figure out right now, now take what Ray just said and let's apply it now to us individually that crew inside us there's some dodgers there's some guys hiding out there different parts of us in other words there, there are parts that would seem to be better uh, recruited for the work there's parts that are not interested um, so just the way Ray explained that, it took him a while, I said, to really see uh, you know, who's working and what, what's the best way I could work this, get rid of the guys that are not working. Um, it, it, but it's funny because it's all going on. It's not even them. It's you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the funny part because it's a mirror of, like, who you're hanging around with and who you're, you got working for you or whatever else. It winds up – it isn't them. They're going to do their, they might not even be conscious of it or even cognizant of it. Yeah. But then you start gleaming on your own self and your own thing. And then you realize that it's in others. And then you attract that. You know, that's, you know, you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a fuck up, guess who you're hanging out with? Fuck up. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but if you're doing, if you're on the straight and narrow or you're going to, you know, if you're there on time, everybody else is there on time. Mm-hmm. It's funny how that works out. Yeah. But it's not them. It's you. Yes. And that's the weirdest thing to own about it. Like, oh, you know what? I am that late guy. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, you know, without beating yourself up about it and without, you know, dwelling on it. And then, you know, like what I used to do is go in the heavy isolation and, you know, be fake depressed for a couple of weeks because mm-hmm. you, you have to beat yourself up about it or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then you find out that doesn't have to really rule the roost, which is a little liberating, but not in the hubris way, you know, more of, in a, of a, a calm way. Hmm. So when the boss is asleep, the workers kind of take a break or they go to sleep, too. If the boss is awake and begins to work and sets a model, an example, and a tempo, the workers then will will do at least those that we would want to employ for that. Tell that tell that allegory about the um or I guess it's not uh, the one um about the horse and the cart and the driver. That uh, pertains here. I yeah, love that one. Yeah. I know, uh, but I'm going to hold off on that one a little Come bit. Come on! It'll, it'll right. fix something that I'm going to. Yeah, that that one. That that that. Was See, that's what you get. Though that's what you get when you don't preface me on anything. <laughs> then I jump ahead. No, it's okay. <laughs> you can do it. It's um. Um. Yeah, you can save it. I'm not okay. saying it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's your what, call. What do you know about it? Now you've heard it before. It's like nobody's in cahoots. You know, everybody's doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if the, if the driver is not in charge of the horse and what's the carriage doing, listen, you're splayed and you're effed up yeah. versus, you know, going versus go, everybody working together. Yeah, that's, that's the general gist of it. Now, picture a horse now. And there's a horse and wagon. 
Oh, so, before you get into it, yeah. Jim, before we, we, we got to do... Oh, go ahead. Word from our sponsors. Yeah. Hey, everybody. If you shop at Amazon.com, like I don't, but you probably do, you know how convenient it is, and you know what great deals you get always. If you want to support the show, and I hope you do, every time you shop at Amazon, use the Amazon link on our site to get there. You support us with every purchase. You can even bookmark it. We really appreciate it. Unbeatable convenience, amazing prices, great shipping rates. I love Amazon.com just because they support us, and I hope you do too. So please do. Thanks, Amazon. Go, Jim. Tell okay. that fucking story. I yeah, love that story. For our life. audience, I mean, the picture this. Even though today you don't see many horse and wagons kind of the way when I was young, we, we did see that. You had one. sorry (laughs) incidentally when we moved uh, the guy who moved us had a horse and wagon I remember that piling things in the back of that of his uh, what do you call that thing like Um, the wait you really when you moved one time you literally got moved by a horse and wagon yes the fellow that lived on a corner had a horse and wagon and, and we were Poor, everybody's poor and have nothing. I guess my mother... Was it like a donkey or a horse or a mule? No, it was a, it was a horse. They had working horses in those days. The milkman, all the, the milk... It wasn't the milk truck so much. It was uh, the milkman would come by with his horse. He'd be pulling a wagon. Wait, so you guys would have... You guys had a literal ice box then, too. Yeah, There yeah. was no refrigeration, right? That's a good point. That's right, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and we bought, <laughs> we bought ice and... And the funny thing, I remember the milkman when he would come around. The horse would start at the end of the block, and he would stop. He'd go from house to house to house and deliver milk and so on. And the and the horse, he would just call, signal. The horse would follow him. And oh God, it reminds me of another thought. Do you call those the good old days? <laughs> <laughs> what do you call? Was it was it tragic or was it like what the f? Well, that's all we knew. I, rem- I remember when I lived in Germany, we had um. We had we had an outhouse, mm-hmm. and the house was like 400 years old at the time, and we had an outhouse, and then um, to take a bath, we had a galvanized tin tub that fit mm-hmm. in this closet, and me and my brothers would go pile in there, and my mom would be boiling water over, um, over the stove, mm-hmm. and that's how we would bathe. Thought nothing of it either. Right. It's all what we know at the time. Then mine is way back in the 30s. So it was really, you know, but something, Supli was the name of that, was the name of the uh, was milk company, and it was, it was, it was uh, right behind us. When in my, in the, uh, the room I slept in, and the horses that were kept for the night, I would say would be in the radius like uh, 15, 20, 20 yards, it was very close. I could hear them stomp. I could hear them neighing and, yeah. and everything. Really? Yeah, plus the odor that yeah. came from it, too. But that was what, what we knew at that time. Okay, um, so, you know, I likened what, what, what I'm trying to tell you. I try to think of an analogy, a way to say it that wouldn't would take a lot of um, uh, words, but would take more of pictures to see. Um, two nights a week... Uh, I write in 
with a, a physicist. His name is uh, Dr. Perel, Julius Perel. He's a retired physicist. And I told him the last time I was, when I wrote, in fact, we wrote in last night, uh, I said, Julius, I'm, I'm going to speak about something in the aerodynamics called um, um, the escape velocity. I said, could you give me a physical, physics update of what you might know about that? Um, so last night we discussed this on the way home, um, and he helped fill in. So without making it technical, it's something like this. In the rocket program, they were able to go up to a certain distance, and they couldn't go any further because there's a, there's a gravity pull going down, and there's a thrust going up. Um, and the rocket uh, would go as far as it can go the, until the gravity, the gravity pull was strong for it. Um, so they realized they needed something to cross that barrier. So at the beginning, it was the thrust would go up, of course, they're meeting, um, uh, meeting gravity, and the, the thrust, that equal gravity and force, kept the rocket like almost still. Once it reached a point, it could just stay there because these two forces were holding it. Um, in like that, neutral or something. Yeah, that's it, in a neutral way. So then they needed the technology and understanding to, to go beyond that. And they called that um, escape velocity. And that velocity then went beyond that uh, wall, sort of. Um, and it moved up then finally into the, uh, up to the moon. Um, that's similar to the, this journey. There's parts of us early that can get interested even for those that do get interested in it. But that will be met by a powerful part of our old nature, which will be like our gravity, and that will come in and make it difficult. So for this R force to the beginning and the momentum has to come across the force of the, of the, of the lower um, nature and all its habits and so forth, and kind of they meet. And there's a point where we need an, we need an escape velocity to go beyond the battle just with that um, lower pull. Um, that's very much like in, in the space program. I thought that's really... That's kind of something we go through uh, for people that are interested in this other area. You know, it would be like if you take the finances, and I was trying to stick an example, it would be something like if you just you buy a house and you just pay the interest, uh, there's a status quo. Nothing goes to opening. There's a certain state. As long as you pay your, time, your money and you just pay for the interest. But when you begin to pay for the debt itself and go, you raise it higher, then you move. You move towards owning the house. You go further. And the other part, you could stay just paying interest only. I don't know if that's a good idea, a good one, but it's, um, you break into a whole other level. You can actually now eventually own the house. As long as you kept it at the other, you couldn't. Yeah, I got something similar to that. I yeah. mean, I remember some credit card I had where I was just paying interest only forever. Mm -hmm. And then when you add it all up, I mean, you, <laughs> you super pay mm -hmm. and then you, you know, you settle and you pay them and then you add everything up and it's like, wow, I borrowed 
$3,000 and I paid $8,000. Mm-hmm. So gravity won. <laughs> right. So I'm trying examples. Gary, are you, uh, I don't know if you find, you're probably more scientific minded than we are. Um, well, what makes you say that? I, I don't know about, I don't know about that quite being true. I, Maybe more technically minded, yeah. I would agree with that statement. I like computers, but I was never particularly gifted when it came to science. Okay, yeah, you're you're with computers, right? Your technic, your technical facility. So I know, you, I know, Control yeah. Alt Delete. Hey, that's good, man. <laughs> that's that's better than I expected. Okay, Gary. <laughs> Gary, have you have you ever heard of this um, escape velocity? Is that term ever? Yeah, it's a term I've heard before. Uh-huh. Related to the rocketry, getting over the... Mo- okay. I like how you related it to, to being a human being, though. That made sense. Especially that neutral where you stay there. And then, you know, because I think most of us are used to going down, mm-hmm. to going back to Earth. So you could play many things in your mind on that, of that nature. But then the escape velocity going beyond it, you know, I don't know how many people have experienced that. Yeah, that that's more uh, right. Yeah, but that's a definite place where either something happens, and you stay exactly in ordinary mind and just you know personality and uh, ego, and just stay right at that level and use even some of the ideas of it, but you don't make the breakthrough through it. So that breakthrough is an interesting time, where then one is able to move and actually start to touch the nature. Of the, of the second nature, I mean, which is uh, more subtle, more sensitive, soul-like it's called. Um, well, I've, I've had, like, my battles with um, sitting, you know. I mean, I've known about sitting since I met you 17 years ago. And then I got, you know, semi-interested in it. I'd sit for a month or two, and then I wouldn't. And then years would go by. Then you'd ask me, are you sitting? And then, you know, I'd say, no. And that that constant battle with it, mm. and now that I have been sitting for, you know, upward of four months or so, it 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 has momentum to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if I don't, I'll, I'm cheating or I'm cheating. Now I want to. Now I need. I realize that's part of my program. Yeah. So it's like that's that matters. Yeah. When before it was more. Uh, yeah. All right. Fuck Jim. <laughs> no. but, but you know, I mean, yeah. you, you have that struggle with it, and you you do. You just have it. It's part of it. Yeah, that's the, that's kind of the progression. Just what Ray said, he went through the struggle even to begin, and eventually getting to a time now where it's um, it's a little easier for him now. So it may even come a little more natural, and may even begin to feel um, getting something from it, and. So that's the progression upward, and that, and that's a step-by-step um, move that moves slowly, and then there is a time when one can break through. To, in other words, it's like this. This this other part of it is like we need a different body to meet this next level. But first, before we have uh, this kind of new center of gravity, and um, calling it a new body, I mean um, it begins to decrease some of the other parts, what we call the down pull, um, and our own um, greed and our own appetites that get out of control. 
and habits and so on, it begins to now to decrease them and it begins to open up another sensitivity and openness, um, uh, which I call that part, where the heart begins to open. Well, you're now more, more, um, more centered in, in, the, in the heart area, meaning a part that's, that has compassion and um, actually feels the other person, uh, sees the other person's not just level of personality, but their dignity, begins to relate to them in that way. And this part has more quiet, it's still, um, and, and there, so there are different attributes. It's like a new body, that's why they call it the second birth, because you're radiating from a different center. It takes a, a, new, it's a new body. That's a, that's, um, that's a <laughs> lifetime of work, what you just said in that sentence. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of overwhelming. Yes, really is. Because the complexes we, we develop in early, early development, complexes are just uh, um, clusters of uh, dispositions, the habits, addictions, different kinds of, that's like complexes. These complexes, uh, what's a good example for that? Uh, they put grooves in our psyche. You know, like you make a record, um, they have the grooves, and every time you play the record, you, you play those grooves. Same groove. Same. Yeah. So in other words, it's a repeat. You get actually grooves in the psyche, and that's all you do is um, use that only. And this is like a different recording. Uh, it's like a, you can now make a, the way you made the first record through conditioning, now you make the second record through the work. And this is the tools we're talking about today. What tools do I need, the question would be, to make grooves in the new birth, in the new area, the new center of gravity? That's like a different record. Um, therefore, we would have to have the behavior um, that will coincide um, with that, making a new record, a new body. So this body is now much better to perform at this other level. Enlightened, it gets light in its uh, texture, and it's more pliable. It's um, not uh, heavy in, in the areas of being right and images, um, things of that nature. Um, so that's kind of what we're 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 going towards right now. So let's see how we're we doing. Yeah, okay, we have a little little bit of time. Um, so the first step, I said, to own the body. A major point. What? How do I? How does that register in us? Something called to own the body, to be in the body. Hmm. Podcasters, to see for yourselves as you sit and listen to this, um, what would be a sense of taking ownership of your body? What would that even mean? And as you sit there, in what way am I saying, what awareness is really there for me? 
that my posture and my breathing are working together. Mm. You know, when you say oh, take ownership of your body, and you know, most people take that for granted, like, oh yeah, I do own my body. But if you really think about it, you know, how much we're on automatic pilot, you know, I think about what I do during the day and how conscious I am of whatever I might be doing bodily wise, you know, you're not. And if you are, you're, you're, you're awake. Like if you're, con if you're cognizant, like I'm, I'm going to register that, you know, to look at my left hand or whatever mm -hmm. you might do, or I'm going to feel my feet on the ground. Mm -hmm. It puts you in a different state. It automatically puts you where where you are, mm. and I don't think m most think that way. You know, like of course, yeah, you take it for granted. Like I own my body. I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, but if you really look at it, there's how much fucking wasted movement mm. do you have during your day? What are you doing? You know, what are you fidgeting with? Is your leg moving? You know, how many times do you walk down that hall? For what? You're not awake. Mm -hmm. And then to wake up just as a fact that you're not awake, it's, it's mm. something to see. <clears throat> it's something to feel. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point, Ray. When you think, Ray, called waking up, when something just becomes aware of it, you're automatically a little awake at that time. Any adjustment of yourself. When we first began these programs, Ray really slouched, he'd cross his legs, he'd lean back, and he... Um, when we began to work on, and I forget if I did too, I mean, what it occurred to me um, of the beginning of trying to own this for ourselves. Now, you've really changed. You've been, your posture has been better. You've been sitting up. Your feet have been on the floor. Something is now allowing you to take this in. Yeah, you listen differently then. You're, you're open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you also scare me. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that would be the same thing for Gary, for example. You ever, ever want to work with this, Gary? In other words, you want to be not just a technical guy, but a guy that actually says, say, what's, hmm, what can, what's in this for me? Is there something I could sense and learn? Hmm. And um, so in that sense, Gary, you, then you would have to um, check your posture and... See, and see if it would feel any different for you if you would take even the show in any differently. Um, and the combination of the posture um, connected with breath. To be really with your breath is a, is a very major work. Um, as much as possible, something that awareness brings you back to your breath. And you just comfortably without any trying harder or anything and I say this for my co uh, podcast audience even right now just for a moment bring your awareness to your breath very easy without even laboring it or trying hard just bring the awareness and your attention to your breath and then just to follow it let's follow it very easily. Um, so during your day, at your job, at your work, um, watching television at night. If, if you're watching television at night, we usually get into a spell. A spell has been cast. Um, so you're in the spell, you're slouched. And, you know, um, 
try it sometime. Try tonight. As you turn on the television, and maybe you might not even think of it, but somewhere along the line you think, let me check where, how I'm sitting down. And you, and you, and you uh, change that. You'd find that you'd get a slight distance from whatever you're looking at. You come into your own body, and then you'd see these pictures flashing in front of you. Um, in fact, you could even turn it off. <laughs> That's, uh, I find that when I straighten myself out, even watching the Lakers game last night, I don't know if Ray was there or not. There I wasn't, but I was watching it. Uh, yeah, watching it, yeah. Um, I was trying to during the I, I get in a little late. I get in like the last quarter. Um, you know, got into it, and I was rooting for, oh, God, I hate to say it, the Mavericks. <laughs> but um, I was kind of hoping. Jim, you're going to kill our podcaster <laughs> audience. <laughs> no, podcasters, don't go away. Jim, your son's middle name is Lakers. That's, he, listen, oh, he really? put No, it's not. He put it on the emergency card, and then he put it on the DMV. He did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is it Adam Lakers Corolla? People would ask me, go, "Do you know what his middle name is?" I, yeah, I was there when he filled out the card. He did that, huh? Then he put um, home Ronald McDonald Halfway House. Um, father's father's profession um, confidential. He, would do, <laughs> he just filled it out with nonsense, and then he got called in and said, uh, "Adam, what is this? You know, go home, fill it out. Mm. Really." Yeah, and he even he pulled it off at the DMV. Oh my God! Okay. So you were rooting for the Dallas Mavericks, huh? <laughs> but I sat up and I came back to my right mind, and I said, "No, the Lakers all the way." <laughs> Get out of that one, Carola. <laughs> okay, how we? Oh yeah, okay. Wait, did you finish out the game, or did you turn it off? You don't know. No, I I, keep, I kept going with it. Yeah, I was got I got interested in it and uh, and watched the. Pretty much a lot of the last uh, last quarter, yeah. Okay, um, so folks out there, if you want to try some of these things, remember that think about owning your own body, but just using posture and breath and an awareness to your being. Yeah, try it. If, for those that want to, let us know um, how it's going. It's funny how I just wanted to ask you, you know, yeah. so what'd you think of the defense or what'd you think of this play? <laughs> and that is the first nature. <laughs> and then I caught myself, okay, don't ask him that. This is where you're, this is present. First nature. Well, you would know more about me anyway, more than <laughs> I would about it. Um, nature to nature. Okay, so let's now, I see our time is, <clears throat> excuse me, about up. Uh, so Number four. Make Number the four. Note feel good. One, two, a one, two, three. All right, folks. Here we go. We're going out. Thank you for joining us. We talked about today the tools for the bridge from first nature to second nature. The birth of a a new part of us. Take a lot of work, but that's a possibility. So, whoa, we're glad to have you. We're glad that you're joining us again. So let's stay with it now and do a little scouting to end the day. Bop, boop, bang. Okay, Ray, get ready. Here we go. I got that one down. Bop, boop, bang. bang. Got it. All right, here we go. Let me do. I'll give you the lead. 
Jim gives lectures once a month or on occasion, and there's about a group of 10 people that get together. And Jim thought it was a great idea to have everybody participate in music and do scatting. And I told him one day, I go, Jim, nobody likes to scat. You're the only one who likes to scat. He goes, no, that's not true. So we asked the group collectively, and sure enough, and I go, I told you. I hit the microphone one time. Yeah, but right. actually, you know what? Two or three people do enjoy it, and they're good at it. But not like you. No, you were right. Most people, most people didn't. didn't I, I, I went and I brought the mic in front of them, and, 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 <laughs> and they gave a little a little try. Okay, podcasters, see you next week. Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC. Or email us at jimcarolla at adamcarolla.com.
listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network.